I am putting so much effort into this soil that I'm building. Like I have to choose a physical location and it freaked me out for the longest time. It's a counterculture of doing things the right way. You, there's so much more impact you can have if you put down roots. Like the more that you just decide like, this is where I'm gonna be, I'm gonna like invest in this community and I'm going to you know, just make that decision then suddenly like the world opens up for you and it's freedom in a different way. Being a farmer is something that's like so basic and something that we, I think, are so dislocated from and that it, it takes a certain kind of person to be like, okay, this is cool, I want to do this and also my grandma did this, which she did. Like I'm literally going back to what my family used to do on the same land that they did and it's like radical. I'm super, super excited to finally do this. I know it's been, we've been talking about it forever. 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 And you're like one of my favorite people ever too. And like you make my reality possible. So thank you for thank what you, you do. Mm -hmm. It's rare that people acknowledge really? our work. Yeah. I feel like it's a pretty thankless job sometimes. So it's nice to have people like you around. Yeah. But that's surprising to me. At the farmer's market, you like, you get eyes on humans and they thank you, but the rest of the time it's hard work and you're like, what am I doing this for again? I'm so sweaty. <laughs> yeah. But is that because you're not around people when you're working? I need, yes, that's right. Cause I feel Isolated. like if, if you had a, an audience, they would all be like, yeah, let's come on Eden. Yeah. You're doing great. Yeah. Thank you. Plant more carrots. I love your carrots. <laughs> Are you telling me that I should be better at my social media? Yes. Yeah. I haven't done it I wasn't in two years. thinking that, but yes, I think you should. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you should be if you, if you have a purpose for doing it, like, do you want to grow? Do you want more customers? Do you want to expand your farm? Like, what is it that you want to do? Yeah. Because if you don't have like a set goal, doing social media doesn't really, you know. I know. Like, I like social media for the, the educational aspect. Like, yeah. I think that's really cool. I think small businesses should do that because big businesses are doing it. And they're fucking everything up. And so, like, we need to play the same game just so we can stay alive. Like, show people that it's really cool to have a small business because it's really fucking cool to have a small business. Yeah. But we don't have the giant budgets, the fancy cameras, and the, you know, to, to create marketing like but that. We do. But we do. <laughs> See? Huh? That's what I want to do. Like, that's yeah. my motivation. Yeah. I think I told you about uh, um, Barbecue. I don't know if I should mention his name, but. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, Great Barbecue fucking amazing Great guy. and his passion is <laughs> mm -hmm. like fucking so cool yes and when pat my friend patrick he was making fun of me because he's he said he's like oh you love something now i love it too he says that <laughs> i'm like that like yeah. if i just meet somebody that's passionate then I, yeah. all of a sudden it becomes my passion right so now i love barbecue and i want to make <laughs> a video for him you know right. so like he can compete with the big guys right because he should succeed because he's fucking good yes you know and he's passionate and that's yes. going to make him happy which in turn is going to make our community better because we got a better barbecue and happier people and he's going to train people as he grows like it's just good for all of us right you know so that's what i want to do with this whole thing is like create cool beautiful cinematic videos for small businesses that could not afford that right because like when I do video for like a big client, I would charge, I did this for the USDA last year. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. you had that contract. It was like, I forget the exact number, but it was like $7,000 for every 90 seconds of video or some 
crazy shit like that. Sweet. I forget forget the exact number. Yeah, yeah like yeah. insane amount of money because right. that's how much people charge. Right. Uh, so, yeah. That's but it. you got to make money too, Andre. Uh, yeah, I do. It'll come. <laughs> yeah. It'll come. Yeah. I, I don't love the idea of money, although I love money at the same time. Uh, we have to. We have to. We have to have it. Yeah. We, we exist in this system. Yeah, we do. It's, so it's just like... Obviously, we don't want to have money. We want to like trade our way through. Yeah, life but uh, but that wouldn't make sense either. No, no. I just want to. I, I want my wealth to come through making sure that everybody around me is wealthy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I need money. I, I like nice things. Like, I rented a Lamborghini last summer. Like, we all I like nice <laughs> things. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to own one. That would be really dumb. Right. But driving one for a couple of days, it's amazing. So you need money yeah. to do all the stupid shit you want to yeah. do. Yeah. But I don't want to necessarily worry about making money because then whatever it is that I'm doing in order to make money becomes not fun. Right. I, unless you really like making money. Because some people do. The people that make a lot yeah. of money is because they really like it. Right. Um, but in my opinion, like what I've always done is before I had a business, I was working at Willamette University. I think that's when I met you. Yeah. Like I wanted to support everybody around me because I had these huge budgets. And then when I left, like it was like I had a net to fall on because I didn't have... Like I had a lot of people that I supported in the past that were cool with me when I left and then they helped me grow my business now. Right. Um, so that same idea. Like if I make sure that everybody around me makes money, then somehow I'm going to make money. You know? It's like, it's so basic, the local economy stuff. Yeah. It's like localize your economies. And it's just like, obviously all ships float in a rising tide. Yeah. Let's just like support our neighbors. It's yeah. not that hard. We're all going to make money and survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. It's, why is it so hard <laughs> to wrap our little brains around that? I mean, because we're not supposed to. <laughs> um, yeah, I think because no one is telling us that that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Everyone is telling us that having a bigger truck is cool. Yeah. And so we work harder like, to I get agree. into a big... Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. I also agree with that. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, no one's really like telling kids like, you know what's really fucking cool? To take care of your neighbor. Yeah. Like when your neighbor is like an old lady and she's like, you know, having a hard time opening the door with her groceries, like that's cool. Yeah. No one's really saying that or right. somebody saying that. I don't know. I don't know. I remember I went to this earthquake workshop thing for the, the big one and they were saying that the best insurance you can have for your survival is bringing some muffins to your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like if you have those relationships, you survive. You survive mm -hmm. anything. You got the people around you on board. Mm -hmm. It's so true, hey? Mm -hmm. It's just, if it's so basic, but it's just, it's the, it's the thing. It's the real thing. It's the real deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had, uh, I lived in Alabama and I went through the biggest outbreak, tornado outbreak ever in history in the U.S. Mm. on April 21st or April 22nd of 2012, I think, or maybe 2011. Wow. Uh, and it was fucked. It was 200 tornadoes that touched down. A lot of them were like F3 to F5 tornadoes, like just destroying everything, like 200 mile an hour winds. Uh, and they're like a mile and a half wide, like really fucked up. Yeah. And it destroyed a lot of towns. You can look this up. Like if you just like, yeah. it's fucked, it's yeah. disturbing. But I was there and all the power lines were down. Everything was down. So it was like super post-apocalyptic for a while. Right. Because we had no power. So there was no gas stations. You couldn't even pump gas to get out of town. If you didn't have gas when that shit hit, yeah. you couldn't leave town. Yeah. Uh, no one had a cell phone because you couldn't charge a cell phone. There was no food because the refrigerator went down. Right. Uh, 
It was fucking crazy. And it's exactly what happens is that that's when you get to know your neighbors. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're like, oh, this person that lives right next to me that I sometimes wave at, it's a human being and like I can mm-hmm. help them. And it actually feels good mm-hmm. to have a dinner together because we're both on the same boat. Yeah. You know, and we're yeah. always on the same boat. We just think that we're on different boats because we have different jobs and different yeah. amounts of debt and whatever the fuck we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wanted to pick your brain about farming. Okay. I have, I have a question because I always think that every, that ideally every neighborhood should have a farm because when shit hits the fan, if we have food locally, then it's almost like shit didn't hit the fan. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah. everything's okay as long as we have food and drinking water. Yeah. Um, so it blows my mind that government or whatever whoever the fuck is in charge doesn't prioritize localizing food like that it blows my mind you know like most of the food that we eat here doesn't come from here and it's garbage like it's fucking shit and packages that's like fucked yep uh is it possible like you run an an urban farm is it possible like how much people can you feed out of that spot how many you know what i mean like you can just talk about this what do you think about that remember you got to be four Oh yeah. Sorry. Keep keep the hand there. Yeah, keep calling me out. (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah, I it's an interesting question and it's one that I consider a lot because what I do is unique, especially in like a rural area. Like I'm an I'm an urban farm, but we our town is tiny, right? So it's but it is it's the most local you can get. But it's not possible if we don't like emphasize it or prioritize it not a lot of people consider that to be a super important resource like people buy houses with a golf course because that's like what they consider to be Mm -hmm. an important resource so it's kind of hard until we can kind of switch our mindset um to view urban farms or local food production as something that's inherently important in our neighborhoods and our communities then we can't, farmers aren't going to be able to thrive in those spaces. And it's even like, even now it's taking time and, and a lot of energy to sort of keep um, promoting myself or promoting, you know, the farm and, and essentially explaining to my neighbors why it's important that I'm there. And I think it's a constant battle that doesn't necessarily have to be, and there, there needs to be an understanding and sort of a basic prioritization of agriculture and that's something that I just don't think we have yet as a society and more and more I think farmers are being recognized I think it's trendy to grow food (laughs) and that's like honestly just like same with kitchens with with chef the celebrity chef I think that kind of is spilling over into agriculture and to some degree that's a good thing because farmers are being recognized as superstars um, to some capacity um, but there needs to be a shift, a social shift where food production is, is up there and that's viewed as something that's like remarkable and inherent in our communities. And it's just not there yet. And I think I saw that, especially during COVID when we thought that we had the revolution that we've been waiting for forever because my CSA sold out instantly 
farmers markets were nuts. People were coming to us saying like, we need to localize our economies. We need to make sure that we have access to food during this crisis. And this year I'm just, and last year I'm seeing sort of that drop off of, of interest. And so I guess the question is what, what does it take for people to view that as important and then continue even when we're not in crisis, even when there's not a pandemic or when we're not scared for our lives um, to, to, to consider production of food within our communities like and a resource that we can't live without so it not to be a downer but I do think that it's it's a total it's a mental shift that we have to as a community make you think it's gonna take another disaster before we wake up a little bit more like a series of disasters until we're like oh fuck maybe we should do this always not when shit hits the fan I I kind of think we are our society is very um it's like it, we respond as an afterthought we're not we're not using the precautionary principle we're not like taking steps or measures before something happens <laughs> and and making sure we have great structures in place for resiliency we are recognizing after something dramatic occurs oh we need to be doing this mm-hmm. so yeah maybe it's going to take a few wake-up calls i mean i don't you I know want to wait for that <laughs> you, you want to know what i think it's going to happen yeah this is both <laughs> optimistic and yeah. super pessimistic like okay. it's going to yeah, sound yeah. real that's what i just said <laughs> yeah which is it's true right it seems mm-hmm. true from the perspective yeah. of a cook and a farmer right i think what's going to happen is that uh, I mean, it's happening already. The problem is that we're fighting this huge institution. But I think people are going to get sicker and sicker and sicker, younger and younger. Like, we're going to have, like, you know, people our age, like, fucked with a lot of shit. That it's going to be there because a lifetime of just eating shit. And then I think people like myself and people like you and people that are in the food space and the health space and we're taking this like social media thing seriously and we want to actually let people know what we consider to be a better way. Uh, I think we're going to be able to shift a lot of minds into the understanding that the reason why that is happening is because we've been eating garbage. And so the only way to prevent that for the next generation, for the next wave is to stop supporting those people that are poisoning us. And then obviously the only alternative choice is to buy shit locally you know and learn how to cook i think like in a city would be impossible to have a farm like in every neighborhood i get that but maybe there's ways to improve um i think it just needs to happen i think that the optimistic side of this is that i just think it just it's going to happen yeah otherwise we're fucked it it can happen it just would take the community saying okay look municipal water is really expensive we're gonna subsidize that for you and it's like worth it for us to help you out with those costs we're gonna like make this land affordable for you we're gonna you know there has to be like um i wouldn't say sacrifice but definitely like a commitment beyond just like i'm gonna buy carrots from you there has to be a real understanding of what it means to grow and how much work it takes and how much capital it takes and that means that the community has to be really invested in it and that's just where i don't have 
faith that mm -hmm. our communities mm -hmm. are there yet, mm -hmm. essentially. Agreed. But I, but I think it's absolutely necessary and totally, I mean, it's incredible what you can grow on one acre, just yeah. the amount of food, the production of intensive agriculture. It's just, you know, there's, there's so much potential and there's so much land that's not being used. Yeah. And, um, especially here, we are just in the most beautiful place to be growing anything essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there, yeah, it, it's just, we're like hovering, we're like on the brink. We're just like mm -hmm. hovering there. We just need to like blip over the edge, mm -hmm. you know, and just get there already. What do we need to do? I, I just, we just have to, our, our, we just have to switch our values. We have to have, we have to value things that we don't value right now. We have to value our, just the people around us our bodies, our health, our, we have to help people out <laughs> that can't afford food. We have to just take a look around and instead of looking so far ahead into the horizon, into the future, into the internet, whatever it is, like we can just, we physically have to open our eyes and look around in our, our neighbors and our communities. And um, it's like this, it's like my definition of sustainability, which is one that many people have, but it's like, yes, environmental for sure um but also like i have to be economically sustainable mm -hmm. to survive and that's mm -hmm. like just as important as like my riparian zones mm -hmm. and the animals and the uh, ecosystems around my farm and then the people around me my employees my body mm -hmm. my community they all also have to be able to continue working alongside my farm and growing and like net positive at the end of the season you know and so for like to be sustainable, to have a sustainable operation, to have a sustainable community, it's one that like you're looking at environmental, social, and economic values all at the same time. And our brains just don't, <laughs> we're just not wired to do that. We're not told, we're not taught to look, to think critically and to look at in all these different capacities and um, to value <laughs> that kind of, yeah, community, society mm -hmm. at large, if that makes sense. It does. I think what we need to do is we need to do, use the same tools that huge corporations have used to make us believe that like eating fast food is cool somehow or drinking. I hate mentioning names. So I'm not going to mention names, but like, yeah. you know, the soda drink thing that like yeah. they sell in hospitals. Like sure. this, these industries have somehow managed to make us believe that these things are cool yeah you know and that's why we do it yeah marketing works uh, yes. yes and so i think that what we need to do like you know actionable steps to make our societies healthier and you know more economically prosperous is we need to use those same tools we need to do fucking beautiful marketing yeah that shows that chefs and farmers are cool as fuck yeah. but if you uh, if you're actually taking care of your community right because the act of cooking is cool, but now it's like, well, whatever, anybody can cook. It's not that exciting. Um, at least to, you know, a, a chef level. Anyways, we can go down that rabbit hole. But I think <laughs> that now, like a real chef, if you were to ask me, like, what is a real chef? I think it's a person that is taking care of their community that understands food. It's not just somebody that can cook things. It's somebody that really understands what happens when we eat and the yeah. fact that we become what we eat and all of it comes back to the soil, the health of the soil, the health of the environment. Like, 
the mental health of the farmer. Yeah. <laughs> These things actually, you know, <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> yeah, I totally. And it's possible. Like, remember COVID, every single person and their mom was making sourdough bread. Yeah. They were just stoked. And yeah. that was just like their thing. And yeah. cooking and like yeah. buying from me. And I know yeah. they can do it. Yeah. You know, I know people. And I think people were you know, better off in a lot of ways during those times because they were yeah. learning new things and they were um, self-sufficient in a lot of ways. And that was really exciting for yeah. all of us. And it was obviously horrible and devastating, but yeah. I do think it's totally possible. And you're right. We're, we're susceptible to beautiful videos and marketing mm -hmm. and why not promote things that are good for us mm -hmm. in that way. I mm -hmm. agree. And I think people like you who actually like doing that kind of thing mm -hmm. <laughs> are going to like make some major headway with changing people's minds because I want to watch pretty stuff, but I don't want it to like make me a bad person. Wouldn't mm -hmm. that be sweet if we were watching? Yeah. I think there's cool a lot of people doing that. There's, I know there uh, are. Of course there's there There's a group are. called uh, Paragraphic. Okay. Um, they have a YouTube channel and it's fucking okay. stunningly beautiful. You got to check it out. Okay. I'll send you the link. Okay. It's, uh, I think it's two dudes and they have really nice cameras, really nice stuff. And they know what they're doing. Yeah. And they go to farms. They go to uh, like small bakeries. They go to like homesteads. They go to like yeah. places where there's a cool story, an inspirational story and, and a story that, you know, hopefully can change things, you know? And so they're not doing what they're doing to to grow on YouTube and make a bunch of money. They're doing it because they know that doing this thing is the thing that like they have yeah. the superpower of knowing how to film and edit and tell a story. And so they need to use that superpower to help everybody right. instead of just helping themselves. I think that's the mental shift that we need to go through. Yeah. Is that we need to do the things that benefit all of us. Right. And we all have that superpower somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We all have it in every, like, and that's the beautiful thing about knowledge sharing. It's like, you know how to make a video I, you, I can't even run my Instagram. You can help me out there. Yeah. I grow vegetables. I can help you out there. Like yeah. those are, there are superpowers and we can yeah. help each other out. Yeah. And that's, everyone has it. Yeah. And it's way more satisfying to find that yeah. and channel it and use it for good. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we, yeah, that's the switch. Yeah. In our community, it's like, you don't know this until you actually start doing it. Right. You know? And, but the problem is like, you need somebody to push you to start doing it. Right. Because no one's going to actually do like the environment of everyone's like the average life of a person is you get up, you get drink some coffee, get stuck in traffic, go to your shitty job, hate your life, you mm -hmm. know, like kind of yeah. debate whether suicide is a good idea or not. Get back in your car, listen to the news, get fucking angry, stuck in traffic again, get home. And then you see your kids if you have kids for a little bit. Otherwise, you just drink until you pass out right. and then do it all over again. Don't forget movies and, and Netflix. And, yes, and, you know. which is great. That's like uh, yeah. the, the only good thing the in that story. Yeah, it's like totally this, this art to yeah, distract us. Totally. But it's like no wonder that we have mental health problems. Right. Like, that's our life. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, I, that's why I'm super passionate about my little kids is because I think that if you, if you just show them that the world is fucking great because it is also, right. it's also fucked, but it's also great. If you yeah. just like show them that side, eventually they'll see the other side and you make sure that they're always learning something like they're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's like the anti-school schooling because it's not really preparing them for one path. It's just preparing them to learn like wherever the world goes, 
they're going to be ready to learn the, the skill that they need for that time. Right. And they're going to be fine. You right. Know? You guys are unschooling, right? Is that, or is kind that of the, like, that's more my approach. Oh, okay. Noel is structured. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She I can is see that. like, <laughs> she does the uh, Waldorf education. So it's okay, really yeah. beautiful. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's her the candles and the, yeah, you know, yeah, a little the fire fairies. Spiritual. Yeah. yeah. Like and it's that. fucking beautiful. Yeah. She's yeah. like, She's like Mary Poppins. Like she hypnotizes the kids <laughs> and they're all like, yeah, we'll do whatever yeah. you say, which is amazing. And I'm more of like the anarchist dad. That's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go listen to Pink Floyd and <laughs> talk about, you know, like the sixties, man, you know, I like that. And the kids love it. Cause they're yeah. like, we fucking love Pink Floyd. Too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the test. You passed the test. <laughs> I was listening to the wall the other day. That's awesome. Seeding and. I used like to uh, I used to watch life uh, life at Pompeii mm. with my really good friend who died of a heroin overdose. He was a cook too, mm. uh, and he was a fucking awesome human being. He's actually right here right now with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we used to get all fucked up and eat mushrooms and watch life at Pompeii. Like yeah. that was like our thing together. <laughs> and I just found it at the library. Amazing. And I was like, I gotta take, I gotta rent this out yeah. so I can show it to my kids. Yeah. You know? like, oh. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Like watch it in the projector and yeah. like talk about Pompeii. It's like you can yeah. learn history. Oh yeah. And music and like all these things through these, right. you know, really fun experience as opposed right. to being in a, in a school in a desk where they're like, shut the fuck up and yeah, yeah. You know, remember this date. You know. Yeah. It is like yeah. fuck. Like yeah. what? A, what? Like who came up with this idea? You know. <laughs> Although it works for a lot of people. That's right. But yeah. not for us. Not for no. me. No, not for it's you. Not, for sure, not, not for you. I <laughs> freak out in a controlled environment. Yeah. Uh, so when we when you got here, we were talking about how farming is like. You said something that I actually was not expecting, even though that I like I know a lot of farmers. Like yeah. my world includes farmers. Yeah. But you said that it takes a really unique person. And <laughs> that is, yeah. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I was just reflecting before with you on the people that I've worked with and for. Um, and yeah, kind of drawing lines between kitchen, kitchen staff and, um, farm staff. They're a certain breed. I think we tend to be, we have our one day a week, at least on my farm, the one day a week at the farmer's market, but then the rest of the week we need to be like isolated. We're like hermits. We work well oftentimes alone <laughs> um and we're quirky quirky people i mean it takes like i had mentioned before it's like you kind of have it like hurts so good like it's really hard work and you have to that and, and i've found with a lot with employees it's like it, it's just, it, it's not bad to not be able to farm or not like to farm or not find the the satisfaction in it because it's really hard work and it's if you don't think it's the most beautiful thing to like have a bunch of kale and then like keep making bunches of kale and like make them for three hours and then have just totes and totes of kale and it's just repetitive and just like if that doesn't spark joy that's completely sane and makes so much sense right but like there's a certain type of person where they're like this is what I want to be doing I am out here I'm by myself, I'm cutting kale, and I'm not going to stop cutting kale for a really long time. And it's crazy. It's masochistic. It's hot. It's cold. It's sleeting. It's like your sunburnt, like whatever it is. And somehow we just like keep showing up again and again, you know? And like livestock is a whole other thing. I worked on a ranch for a while, and it's just like those kind of people that just want to spend time with cows, like heck yeah, but like just... 
it ain't for everyone. And it's, it's, it's funny because my partner is, has been a chef before and works in kitchens. And she's like, as you know, she's just like the only, like I relate so much to your work style (laughs) having worked in kitchens and just like the way that you run this farm is like, I could work there (laughs) because I've, I've been there and it's just, it's, what is it about food production? It's so bizarre Mm -hmm. and hard. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think motivates us to be in those environments? I think that we, I mean, I honestly care about what I'm doing. And it's like a basic human need. Yeah. Like we have to eat food. Yeah. I'm like growing sustenance for people. And then like as a small farmer that's doing direct to consumer, I'm physically handing it to people. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. There's nothing more satisfying, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it's just like, how in this crazy, complex, messed up world am I able to just like play in the soil and then yeah. hand people food? Yeah. That's pretty it's fucking dreamy. Cool. Yeah. 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 It's you know? perspective. You can describe it as the fucking greatest fucking thing in the world. Right. Or you could describe it like, yeah. And ask me on any given day. Right? Work, my back hurts. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck, you know? Yeah. It's both. Yeah. I had yeah. a good day today. So I'm like, yeah, farming rocks. Yeah. I like planted so many peas and I'm like really happy. <laughs> and like my that's irrigation awesome. system didn't break. So I'm like, everyone farm. It's the most, but that's, you know, you've heard me talk on a bad day about farming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I keep coming back. It's a drug. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the connection that chefs have with farms, obviously in the, in the Northwest, it's yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Um, but still not a lot. Yeah. It's still not as good yeah. as it should be, yeah. but, but you do see it. Like I have Absolutely. multiple cookbooks in here that are from Oregon chefs mm-hmm. that they recognize. I feel like once you get to a certain level of like, um, skill in a kitchen, yeah. you realize that if you want to cook good food, you got to get it locally. You know, it's it, like, I, Oh, duh. Why didn't I think of this know, day one? Like obviously Eden's carrot is going to be the better than the one I get at this store. Like, duh. Why didn't I think of that? But it takes like sometimes fucking decades for a cook to learn that, yeah. which fascinates me because right. in a kitchen, what we're doing is um, we're overworked. Yes. And so there's no fucking time to like, hey, let's go to the farm and pick up, you know, let's go to the Saturday mm-hmm. market. Like s- some people can afford that luxury, but that's not the, no. the norm. And so we just call this number, call this number right here and ask for 50 pounds of this shit. And they just magically shows up. And so chefs are just used to that. Yeah. And, and the margins, I mean, margins in restaurants are really low. So yeah. those prices also are something that chefs are looking at. Yeah, that's true. I never, I, again, I have a relationship with money. That's like, I don't, I don't believe in short term anything. I have, I believe in long term everything. So if I'm buying, I'm just going to make up a number, like a pound of carrots for $20 from you, or yeah. I can get it for $15 at the store. Um, on the surface, like th- that day is going to be more expensive to buy from you, but long term is actually cheaper to buy from you, even though right. that that number is a greater number because my future is going to be better. Like my right, restaurant right. is going to know that you are like so like that. <laughs> I know uh. that you're like internalizing the externalities <laughs> for sure, but the average chef is they probably don't. not. No, they don't. Right, and I think, but I th- I think if we catch them when they're really young. Yeah. Then they would give it shit. Yeah, bring Masha. Because what yeah. happens is that you go into a kitchen being 16, 18, whatever. Uh, As many people do. Yes, most of us did. Yeah. 
and we're just stoner kids. We have yeah. no fucking clue about anything, and we're, we're passionate, you know. Like right. we were like either punk rockers or like poets or something, right? And and then we meet this older chefs that are these drunks that <laughs> you know they're yeah. fucking burnt out and they're like yeah. calling Cisco for shit, right. you know. And it's right. like we think that's what it is, you know. And like we only see the beautiful dish that we're sending out. It's like oh, this is the source of pride in my career is like right. this plate looks really pretty and i'm sending it out but there's not enough chefs that from day one are telling their young prep cooks like look the best fucking food is the one that came from two miles down the road right and you actually don't have to do very much to it because it's already so fucking good right you know like yeah. cooking is that like good food is right. that is quality ingredients apply heat and a pinch of salt and you right. got something good like there's very little technique to create really beautiful food as long as your ingredient is good. Right. You know? And but so, you, okay, so let me ask you a question. Because mm-hmm. you were a rebel in the kitchen when you worked, I guess, was Bon Appetit your first mm-hmm. sort of, that was when you were running the show? Or were you uh, working there? No, I, I had an executive chef job at a restaurant before okay. that. Um, okay, were you breaking the rules there? Yeah, I was okay. always breaking the rules. Yeah, so, okay, so this is my question. Is it, okay, nature versus nurture with those kinds of things where you're questioning do we need people to break the rules and then teach those that need to be nurtured how to break the rules? Is Are there a certain amount of us that are out there saying, like, screw that, I I think we can do something different? What, like, you weren't a kid that had to be taught in the kitchen. Um, or did you have a did you have a mentor that brought you sort of into the local food in scene? In the kitchen, no. Yeah. Not at all. I think in life, yes. I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's yeah. definitely nature i think i I just came out yeah rebellious yeah or or curious yeah i think that's yeah most rebellious people are just like yeah yeah like they have questions uh but i think that i also met some people throughout my life that shaped me into that so like i met this kid he was a friend of mine in school same age as me he had an older brother that was listening to like rock music and i grew up in south america so like yeah Rock music was like, whoa, what the fuck yeah. is this? You know, <laughs> yeah. And I loved it from yeah. the second I heard it. Uh, so that spoke to me. And that kind of is, that's the attractive side of being rebellious. It's like, it's dark. It's like, you're not supposed to talk about it. Like rock music is like scary for, you know, especially in the 90s in Latin America. Like my parents thought that he was the devil, you know? Right. And I was like, yeah, this is the shit. It's making everybody mad around me. Like they're upset mm-hmm. that, that I'm doing this. That's exciting. Because it just encourages questions and, you know, and I just wanted to push my parents, like, ask me why I like this. Like, come on, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and I met a few people that were really cool that were just thinkers. So, um, so I think it was a combination of being born somebody that questions and then meeting the right people. Yeah. But in kitchens, in my experience, I never met anybody that was like that. But when I was a teenager, I was like a bad kid i didn't do anything bad necessarily but i was just really angry at the fact that when i looked up and i saw adults in the world i saw them as like losers Mm -hmm. just like you people are living this life that you're unhappy with and Mm -hmm. you're not doing shit about it and so i had this like resentment towards adults because I didn't want to grow up to be like them. I'm like, why? I don't want to grow up and turn into a fucking person that goes to a job. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, like I want to grow up to be a person that is doing these things that 
I love doing. So I'm a happy adult. So like I want, you know, and my dad is an artist and my mom's amazing. She stayed at home with us, but I didn't see like, they didn't have a drive for some passionate something. But anyways, um, because I was like an anarchist punk, when I started gaining skills, meaning cooking, I wanted to like, my motivation is I wanted to stick it to the man, you right. know? And so when I'm working for like a big kitchen, a corporate kitchen, and they have millions of dollars. They're spending like, when I started working at this job, they were spending like six grand every day in veggies. Mm. Every day. Because we're feeding thousands of people. And of course, it's all coming from big, the big fucking companies, you know? And so I was like, why are we not pumping $6,000 into our local community every day? Like, who the fuck came up with this ridiculous idea that we're going to give it to this company and that money is going to just be vacuumed out of our communities instead of like contacting all these cool hippie farmers that are in my area yeah. and be like, hey, you got some tomatoes? Yeah. I'll buy them from you. Here's a couple grand, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and so I started doing that. I was just like, this is fucking great. It's like I'm going against this giant corporation. And he gave me... It just put a smile on my face, you know? It's like, yeah. fuck these people. I'm yeah. taking their money and I'm giving it to the cool yeah. people. Um, so I don't know. It was, I don't know if I answered your question, but I think it's yeah, you did. nature I mean, it's, it's more. A, it's a mix because a mix. some people need we, leaders, right? Yeah. We need yeah. leaders. Yeah. We need people that like find their own way to then, you know, yeah. present an alternative. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. what we need. We need yeah. leaders that are just like, fuck it. This is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then a lot of people are going to be like, okay, now I, I feel like I have power because now there's a, this other person kind of trailblazing in front of me. Right. Seems to be working out for them. And yeah. so then people start to jump on board. Yeah. And that's great. We need those people too. Yeah. Yeah, we do. It's a slow process, you know, but I think it's a combination because I think about this all the time. I think it's a combination of actually taking this filming, podcasting, YouTube, Instagram, all those things really seriously, yeah. like to a high level of quality, um, and bring in that message of, look, how about we take care of each other? Like, yeah. It's not a fucking crazy idea. No. You know, like we're all in this together, you know, like in, in communities, like let's not focus so much on what's happening globally. Uh, let's focus on what's happening locally. Like who in my community needs a hand? Mm. Give them a fucking hand, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if we start doing that, then all the problems start to go away because people start, you know, yeah. acting on the things that they can actually control. Yeah. As opposed to stressing about the things that they cannot. You right. Know? And then it becomes second nature. And then that's yeah. just, like, the yeah. way we live. Yeah. And that's just, that's it. Yeah. It becomes a drug. Like, yeah. my drug is yeah. to meet people that are excited about something and helping them out. Right. For free. Like, no, there's no exchange of anything other than, like, energy yeah it you feels know? good it feels fucking good yeah yeah it's really good how did i meet you i met you at a conference right the summit yeah Salem something something yeah you were there and i was there too i don't remember meeting you though but i remember like i remember meeting you later and then you said that you met me then i think i went to, i think you spoke at something and i maybe okay. saw you there okay at Willamette? Uh, was that where the, at the summit, you mean? I think. Maybe we ended up getting drinks later. No, that was, uh, that was the second time that I met you. Oh, okay. Well, then I think that's... That was at a Friends of Family Farmers thing. Okay. Somewhere in there. Alex was there. Remember my friend Alex? Oh, my gosh. 
gosh, yeah. He's in San Diego. Is he? Yeah. How's he doing? Okay. I talked to him recently. We text. His life is fucking roller coaster, and he's in San Diego. It right already now. was. Mm-hmm. What does he live here? I no, he see. lives there. He he moved. He moved there. to San Diego. Did he take his paper pot transplant with him? I have no idea. <laughs> He was gonna but let me he was a it. fucking cool fucking dude. Yeah, he had all his peppers and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Is he still farming? I don't know. We can't lose another farmer. I know. We'll have to text him. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Do you have his number? I think so. Yeah, he's a cool dude. I think he's in my phone as Alex Andre's friend. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I met him. So this is like my... I always tell people that I stay cooking only because of local farms. Like yeah. I have no interest whatsoever in cooking unless it's coming from local farm uh, because of like my, I don't know, punk rock attitude. Yeah. Um, so I love like passionately love local farms and I have 200 stories to, to prove why farmers are the coolest people ever. But <laughs> with Alex, he, I met him at the Salem Saturday market. Okay. He was and selling there? He was selling there. Okay. And I was just kind of watching him because what I wanted to do with my previous job is I wanted to buy all the veggies left over at the end of yeah. the day and just like whatever they had, drop it off at my kitchen and then I'll just, I'll figure it out. Yeah. So that way, I mean, that's yeah beneficial, right? For everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I was like checking out who the farmers are, like, you know, are these are they cool people or whatever. And so I was just watching this guy, Alex, and people are grabbing all these veggies and everything looks beautiful, you know, and they have like a big basket and they're like, how much for this? And he's like, um, it's $5. And people are like, uh, no, this is like $30 worth of shit. And he's like, that's five bucks. It's fine. And they're like, here's 20. <laughs> and I'm like, this motherfucker is like, he's growing veggies. He's giving it away. Because he just wants people to eat veggies, you know? I'm like, God, I fucking love this dude so much. <laughs> gives me heart palpitations. It's so cool, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's because cool. It's both terrible. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because But he, it's great. Like, his heart is in the right place. That's like, right. Why are you doing what you do every day? Right. Uh, because I want my community to do, be healthy. Right. Fuck. Yeah. That's basic. amazing. Yep. And so I went to him and I was like, hey, dude, uh, what do you have a lot of at your farm? And he's like, oh, fuck, I got a like, couple hundred pounds of this. And I'm, like, yeah. and I'm like, what are you going to do with it? And he's like... I don't know, you know, like hopefully, I don't know, maybe compost it. And I was like, bring it to my kitchen. Every single ounce of whatever you got, just bring it to my kitchen yeah. and I'll buy it. And he's like, what? I can't. Because I had, I was playing with somebody else's money. Yeah. And like, you know, I saved his year. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like how fucking cool, you That's know, like sweet. for no reason at all, other than because you make somebody smile. You know, the yeah. best payment ever. Yeah. And then you get some yummy, yummy bread. And I got him amazing food. And I got to stick it to the man. Yeah. You know, because the company was like, you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, suck it. I'm going to do it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. It was great. What a good guy. Um, Tell me about your relationship with Lindsay. Mm. Cook and farmer. I know, right? Chef and farmer. That's cool. It's pretty dreamy. Um, well, as you know, she had a restaurant in Independence that then shut down during COVID. But that's where I met her. My best friend, Luis, and I went there in the middle of January. It just opened. And we ended up staying there until 4 a.m. with her, just hanging <laughs> out. <laughs> and I was like, and that was it. That was like, this is my person. And so, um, 
yeah, we're actually, I mean, she's my biggest supporter and she's currently running, as you know, the um, kitchen, the, the community kitchen at Indie Commons, but stay tuned because I think there might be a bit of a restaurant situation coming up shortly. Yeah. I mean, it has to happen, right? Yeah. Like we have to have a spot yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. completely local. And yeah, we just want to awesome. create a, like a, a gathering space where it's, a, it's safe for everyone. It just feels like you can just go and hang out, eat really healthy, delicious food that's grown around here. No, like no airs, no pretension, just straight up sweet gathering space mm-hmm. that then the community can use for events or whatever else, you know, just, just a place. I just, that's where I felt like her restaurant was for me was my place to go my like second home. And since I haven't been going there, it's like, we need to create that for people. We need that kind of spot in the community. And so, and it's like, that brings us joy. Like that's, that's, that's the stuff. That's the stuff of life. Just have a spot and good food and good beer. And Mm -hmm. I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah, we need that. We need that. We need that here. We yeah. kind of had that a few years ago, I want to say. I don't want to mention names either, but there was a spot that when I first moved here six years ago that I was yeah. like, oh, this is kind of the cool spot. Yeah. And it had a lot of improving to yeah. do, but now we got nothing. I know. You know? I know. Like, there's nowhere. I mean, I don't want to say there's nowhere, but there. Um, we are in a... We're in a little town. Yeah. We're in a little town and we have needs. Yeah. <laughs> needs that are not met like they are in big cities. <laughs> yeah. But this is the coolest fucking little town ever. It's so like sweet. I love this place. <laughs> I know. I grew up in a ginormous city yeah. with 10 million people. Yeah. And I always wanted to live in a city. That's what I thought, you yeah. know. It's just like a lot of people and arts and this, you right. know, and like you which, it all. which I still like, but now I'm like fuck that. Like all these fucking people fighting and like, and it like, seems that way. You just have to like, I lit, I went and visited my friend in Seattle the other week and it was like, you just, the only thing you can do is like walk around and spend money. Yeah. It's like all, that's like all there yeah. is to do. It's like, we can do this cool thing, get your wallet out, yeah. you know? And here it's like, we can walk into the woods. We can yeah. like, we were foraging the other day, yeah. you know, it's like, that's how we spend our free time. Yeah. We're yeah. like making sweet food and like, hanging out at the farmer's market. It's just, it's a different vibe and it's definitely easier to, to just, yeah, to build community. I think personally, and I grew up here and I told myself I would never come back. Like I grew up in Monmouth and I was like, deuces, like went out to Southern California, went to college there. I was like, I'm going to be here forever. And then I just like, you know, it less than five years. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I need to be back where I came from. Cause that place I love it here. Yeah. It was love at first sight when yeah. I moved here. Yeah. yeah. We drove through with my mom. Okay. We were on our way to McMinnville from Jefferson. Yeah. And my mom was driving and yeah. she drove through here and we drove through downtown and I was like, where are we? Uh. <laughs> this is like, did I just like walk into like a Hallmark movie? <laughs> this is really cute, yeah. you know? Yeah. And we got out and we actually went to that restaurant where Indie Common Sense now. Oh, so yeah. like the mm-hmm. whatever whatever grill whatever yeah, it was yeah. had a burger yeah whatever but uh i was like this town is pretty fucking cool and so i started looking for homes here yeah and we kept driving around and hanging out at the park and i'm like fuck like i want my kids to have memories of hanging out at that park yeah their childhood right there compared to like some neighborhood in salem or something like 
yeah. this is fucking awesome. And then we saw this house and it was way over my budget. And I, I, I asked my mom, mom, is it uh, responsible to buy a house like way over your budget <laughs> if you fall in love with it? And she's like, no, you, if you fall in love with it, you need to buy it regardless. <laughs> Amazing yeah. mom. And I was like, okay. So I called my realtor yeah. and I was like, hey dude, I'm on my way to the house and I want to look. And he's like, no, 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 right now. I'm like, it's my house, dude. And he's like, no, 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 but you can't go over there. And I'm like, I'm going to go knock on the door and talk to the owner. He's like, no, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, fucking what? Watch me. I'm doing it. Like, I'm yeah. just letting you know. I'm not asking you for permission. Yeah. And so I came here and I knocked on the door and I was like, hey, uh, I know you're selling the house. I want to buy it. Like, yeah. you know, my wife is like this and I'm like this. We have two kids and, like, you know, we're like artists and, uh, you know, yeah. and the lady's like, I like you. I think I'm going to sell the house <laughs> to you. It's like, yes, my plan worked. I didn't well, know that. Yeah. Were you were you working in Portland at that point? No, I was working in Salem. Okay. Uh, I was going to buy a house in Salem. I moved from Portland to, well, I was living in Portland because my job was in Hillsborough. Yeah. Working at Intel. Right. Being a chef there. And then um, the same company transferred me to Salem to oh, okay. be uh, director of operations, I think was my first title there. Okay. But they had plans for me, which is they were going to fire the chef there and then put me in as a chef. Okay, yeah. So that, that's why I ended up there. Yeah. Uh, but my plan was to go back to Portland. I was like, yeah. this is temporary, like hang out in Salem for a little bit because of this job and then I'll get back right. over there. But then I fell in love with this little town and I'm like, oh, it's fucking great. The library is like three, yeah. four blocks away from my house. The park is there. Like fucking everything is perfect. Yeah. I love it, you know? There's, it's like perfect. But it's just, it's a certain type of person that likes this kind of yeah. lifestyle. You have to be able to take it slow yeah. and like be fine with the fact that there's, the resources are much less around here, you know? Cause they're the city people. Like I just know some of my good friends are like, how do you live here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I mean, look, there's like the logging roads that are sweet behind the dump mm -hmm. that I loved <laughs> hiking. And they're like, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. I love yeah. it. I do. I like, I want to live here forever. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. I know. Isn't I, that weird to I'm say? I'm not the type of person that I never like Grew up in South America. Yeah. I've lived in Alabama and Tennessee. I did a lot of road tripping. Like I was like sleeping in my car for months at a time and going East Coast, yeah. South, like North Carolina, South Carolina. Like I did a lot of driving and just sleeping in my car there. And then Colorado and California, like up and down the coast. Lived in, mostly in Tahoe, but I went down to LA a bunch. Uh, in Santa Cruz. Then Oregon. And then Washington, and then I'm back to Oregon, and then I went back to Alabama, and then now I'm back over here. Mm -hmm. But when I got to Independence, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm home. This is it. Fuck, you know? Like, yeah. I grew up in Bogota, Colombia, yeah. like, the furthest thing from Independence yeah. ever in How every crazy. way. Yeah, but I, I love it. That's, it's, we talk a lot about in, like, the farming community, or at least my sort of thing is... And it, it's, I struggled with it for a long time, but you physically have to have a piece of land to farm. Like it's not yeah. like any other career or many other careers where you're like, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going, I can like move here and here and use my skills. Like I am putting so much effort into this soil that I'm building. Like I have to choose a physical location yeah. and it freaked me out for the longest time. Cause I was like, commit to a physical spot if I want to do this well, essentially. Yeah. And then I kind of realized 
you there's so much more impact you can have if you put down roots like the more that you just decide like this is where I'm going to be I'm going to like invest in this community and I'm going to you know just make that decision then suddenly like the world opens up for you and it's freedom in a different way but you're like you kind of have to make that decision and it's it it can feel like a sacrifice or it can feel liberating. Mm -hmm. And I've finally gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is my spot. And I'm like free because I have a community and a home that I like want to be in. And I want to like, I, the relationships that I have now here are just can be strengthened and I'm not like looking to the next spot or, you know, um, and it's kind of a, a weird thing, especially in farming where you're like, this is my spot (laughs) physically. This is my, dirt yeah have to be here (laughs) that's so fucking cool it's crazy i want to be a farmer so bad yeah except for i know that i just wouldn't be a good farmer (laughs) why not because i'm like i'm like a butterfly in the wind like i'm like "Eh, i'm gonna run in this direction and then "Eh, i'm gonna run in that direction i don't have focus i don't have like my work ethic is that of of a creative like i'm just i just want to write and then I want to go draw and then I want, you know, like yeah. I've done 200 different things. Cooking is the thing that kept me in one spot ish yeah. in one career because I'm doing something different every day. I can rewrite the menu if I want. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't be a good farmer because I have a garden here. Yeah. And I, I suck at it. Like Noel <laughs> does all of it and I don't yeah. do any of it. Yeah. But I, I romanticize farming so much. Right. You, you know? and everyone else. And that's, awesome for farmers because then it makes us look super cool and romantic and in reality we're just literally dirty all the time no but i also think that is the most romantic thing ever (laughs) i um yeah it's it is something where i want people to think it's romantic to a certain degree or like at least respect and acknowledge how important and cool it is. But then there's a there's a point where like you can over romanticize and you're like Yes. Okay, I remember I had I gave this tour of a farm that I was working up on in Sacramento to this woman who was running a nonprofit in San Francisco and she was this like highfalutin lady who is like pretty well off and I was giving a tour to her family of this farm that I was working on and I remember her being like how dreamy your life, how relaxing, how wonderful you get to live out here and you get to, this is so romantic and what a, I'm so jealous of your lifestyle. I work so hard, I like, I just, it's the grind in the city and I just wanted to be like, lady, you don't even know how hard we work out here, you know? And so that is like, to a certain degree, it is romantic, but also the acknowledgement that like, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and yes, so there's sure. a fine line. Yeah. She also asked me, oh my gosh, this is, yeah, I just remembering now the story she asked me. <laughs> we went by the pigs and she was like, oh, what are those for? Like, what do you do with the pigs? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was so snarky back then and I've gotten better at this, but I was like, oh, they're for eggs. <laughs> uh, <nice. laughs> she was like, oh, and I was like, no, we slaughter them. We eat them. Do you eat meat? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, those piggies are going to be on your, you know, they're on your plate. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever yeah. heard of pork? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's true. Over romanticizing is bad because it, because it's not a realistic picture of, right. you know, depiction of what it is. Right. But like the way that I romanticize it is that for me, 
The things that I romanticize in life is like punk rock. Yeah. Which is not, there's nothing romantic about it. No. But it's like, it is a, a culture, it's a counterculture of doing things the right way. Yeah. You know? And so I see farmers are, as rock stars, not because anyone has told me that they are. It's because, first of all, I would not have a business if it wasn't because of farmers. Like, I would stop cooking. If I had, like, if, if you were not there, I wouldn't cook, you know? Um, so, like, farmers are necessary for my survival, you know, yeah. from a financial standpoint. Uh, but also, like, I see farmers as people that are, like, fuck having jobs, like, fuck meetings, fuck going into mm-hmm. a cubicle, fuck traffic, like, fuck all these structure that the system is telling me I have to go through. And I'm going to go work really fucking hard in the sun, but my hands are going to be full of dirt. I'm going to be grounding and I'm going to eat tomatoes warm off the vine, you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. my romanticism is like rock and roll. Yeah, totally. And you're the, you're the kind of person that understands that. That's so funny. I was, um, I wrote a blog post when I was like right out of college and it was called your grandma's a hipster and so are you. (laughs) And it was all about like how cool it is to like do things that used to not be cool. (laughs) And it like being a farmer is something that's like so basic and something that we, I think are so dislocated from and that it, it takes a certain kind of person to be like, okay, this is cool. I want to do this. And also my grandma did this, (laughs) which she did. Like I'm literally going back to what my family used to do on the same land that they did. And it's like radical Mm -hmm. and crazy and so fun. Yeah, yeah, it's against the norm. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to yeah. talk about your writing. Like, okay, I love your writing. Oh my gosh! Thank I get you. your emails and I'm excited to open them up, and they're short and to the point. But your writing is really, really, really fucking good. Thank you so yeah. much. And I like. I love literature more than it's one of my passions, and I super enjoy it. How did you start writing? Like, how do you? How do you write? What's your writing? <sighs> okay. Philosophy? Well, for that for the newsletter that I send out, it's. Liter- it's um, you know how s- people who are working on a computer all week long then go and garden on the weekends because they're like, yay, like this is my off time. Yeah. <laughs> I like love getting on my computer. <laughs> I'm like, yay, I get to sit down, like have a cup of tea and like type away. <laughs> no, but I come from like, I come from a long line of English majors. So mm. writing has always mm. been something that was like, you need to be a good writer. You that's need awesome. to, like, yeah. So that's always, I'm like reading and literature has always been sort of just like a, a st- just a basic in yeah. my childhood. But um, it's, it's therapeutic to kind of think through the week and then recognize that there's a parable or like a something to be learned or something to be taught or something that I've just reflected on. And it's kind of selfish, honestly, for me to write <laughs> and send it out to a whole bunch of people because it's, it's just for me. Like I, I need that time to sit down and reflect on what I'm doing. And oftentimes it spurs from like something devastating that's happened, like a pest infestation or, um, germ, like a lack of germination in a whatever crop. And so I take that time and I'm like, this is, such a horrible thing that happened or this is so hard and then I and I'm able to in writing go through the motions of 
why am I doing this? <laughs> uh, why is this important? Why is this a learning experience? And like, that's, this is why, this is why I'm doing it. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't farm if it was perfect every year. And I, I'm like, the, I'm the kind of person who it's like every season is totally different. And that's why I do it. I would be bored if I was just the same thing over and over again, you know? And that's, and so when I sit down and write, it's like, wow, this has never happened to me before. And I get to like share it with everyone and sort of spread the gospel of like farming's crazy and let's try to make a little sense out of it. But it's fun. As you know, right? You like to write. I love to write. Yeah. If I don't write, I go crazy. Yeah. Same. And I've, I've gone periods of time without writing. And you went crazy. And I went crazy. Yeah. yeah like I like developed anxiety because I wasn't writing. Yeah. It's like you have, the, you have to get it out. You have to get it out. It's, it's yeah. To, for some people, not for everybody. No, no, no. But no. for some people, mental health depends on your ability to find a language to the shit that's in your head. Right. And the best way to find a language is to, to read a lot and to write a lot. Yeah. And so then you discover all these words and then you discover the work of other people. And then you realize that other people have gone through similar shit as you have. Right. And they've had insights that are fucking life-changing so that exploration of other people's thoughts and then the exploration of your own thoughts. Because for me, writing is that. It's like, I'm, like, I'm going to write about whiskey. And then I just like, I don't, it's not me writing almost, right. you know. No, it's, it's just true. like this thing is coming out. And then I'm like discovering that the, this thing was inside. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then I try to get creative with it. And yeah, I love it. When, so when you, the things that you send are pretty short. Yeah. Do you write a bunch and then edit? Yeah, I do. Okay. It's I I'm the same way as you. I sometimes don't even know what I'm going to say and like I, it's like another person takes yeah. over. It is bizarre and I've learned so many things about myself like really really like basic things about myself like just by writing things down. And you're just, it's this weird thing that like, it's like the zombie takes over and yeah. suddenly you're like, oh, that's who I am. Or like, oh, that's why I do this. Yeah. Oh, there's the answer to my problem or like the answer to the world's problems. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just diary of the mouth all the way down and then just kind of go from there. And then you do it digitally? I do type. All of it. From the beginning to the end, all of it is typing? Yeah. Do you handwrite any of it? I do handwrite notes throughout the week like if i get if get inspiration okay and i i do handwrite a lot of stuff um yeah sometimes handwrite i my calendar is all handwritten okay. all my to-do lists and everything i don't do anything on the computer okay. that way i like to see it yeah. but when i'm thinking for some reason i can type faster than i write these days yeah me because too. we way faster are on our computer so much more and so my i can lose my train of thought if i'm trying to handwrite it See, for me, it's backwards. Is that right? Yeah, if I, I love handwriting. I always handwrite. Oh, cool. This is, this is my journal. Is that when you say you're writing, you're, uh, you're writing physically? Oh, yeah, I'm doing it by hand. Those muscles are really uh, well. Well, it's because it slows me down. Uh, and that's what I need in order to be able to think. I can type really fucking fast. Yeah. And so when I'm doing it like that, like it's like I, I'm, I'm in a race against, you know, my internal whatever the fuck is happening in my head. Yeah. When I'm writing by hand, I'm having all these thoughts, but I can only keep up with so much of it. So I'm only listening to the part that, that is beneficial to my writing, you know, to the, to the act of discovering something. 
So it really helps me. I always, I have to do it by hand. Hmm. Otherwise I'm too quick and then it's just, but then I edit digitally. So like, so I, you then type I'll, it, you'll like transcribe it. Yeah. Onto so the, like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, look, this is totally on the spot. What did I write in here? Let's see where's the, where the title for this is. Um, writing and mental health. Three twenty-seven twenty-three. So like I wrote that four that. days ago. <laughs> yeah, it does. But and so that day I wrote one, two pages. And this is like my to-do list. But then this is the same day of writing. Yeah. So this is like two or three hours of writing, and I ended up here. Let's see what the last thing I wrote. Whatever that means to you. <laughs> explore your interest in. This is embarrassing. Anyways, <laughs> so did you uh, type that up? Uh, well, if if I feel like I wrote something that has some type of yeah you know meat use. in it yeah use then yes and i'll rewrite it the same way that i wrote it in here and then i have this app it's not an app it's like a computer software thing it's called sa.org i think or essay dot something yeah it's not dot com it's something else yeah you'll put the link um, in the in the in description <laughs> yeah I, I won't <laughs> i won't do that but i forget uh, but people can Google it if somebody listens to this. Um, and so then it's structured, like you rewrite it and then it's got all these different steps. So you can restructure it. So like you can rewrite each sentence. It's really fucking good. Uh, so it like, it splits everything by sentences. So it's okay. like, you know, uh, today I'm writing this thing because the, and then you read, you're like, this is bullshit, Beep, delete. And then okay. you go to the next one. And the next one is like, I went to the supermarket and, but you know, and yeah. then you're like, ah, oh, I really should write like. In my dream, I better, you know, like you try yeah. to, you make it better and then you just go down each sentence and okay. you rewrite the Can sentence. Can you like move them around too? Yes, but yeah. that's the next step. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. So you start with rewriting them. Okay. Uh, so you don't think about the whole paragraph. You think just about each, each sentence. sentence. How can I write it mm. better? And then you read it again and then it's going to make sense or not. And then you start restructuring. So then you can move the sentences around. It's really fun. Huh. But it takes a while because then you become a perfectionist and you're like, I want to say this like life changing thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I but can it's super see fun. You can go down the rabbit hole. With yeah. <laughs> but it's great. Huh. And, yeah. I love writing. And yeah. I like, I dream of being a writer. Yeah. But I read a lot and I compare myself with like great writers. And I'm just like, I'm never going to fucking be write a book because I suck. You know? You, that's <laughs> not true. So, I've never read anything you've written except uh, I guess on like Instagram and stuff. And those are great. Uh, no, those are just like, like the little blurbs. Yeah. Would those come from like, your journal. Do you think? No, 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 no. No, those are no just, that's just like, okay. no, I don't plan my posts at all. It's just like, I have a picture in it and I'm like, Oh fuck, what do I say? Yeah. And then I just say, whatever the fuck? They're like planned. very inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I try to make them inspiring because yeah. that's how naturally my brain works. Yeah. Um, uh, I have on my website, I have like a chef's journal thing. So you can read stuff in there. Oh, oh. Uh, is that from your journal? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like just random shit that I write. And it's all kind of the same shit. Like you'll yeah. read it and be like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. This, yeah I've heard him correct. say this. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Andre. You did not discover anything new <laughs> in this one. <laughs> but keep trying. <laughs> That's what it is. But it's fun, you know? I feel yeah. like, I feel like, like I, I don't know where I heard this, but it was something like there is an incredible story stuck inside of this pen, but it's somewhere in there. Mm. So you need to like, Find it. So you need to write a bunch until eventually you get to that great story. Yeah. So for me, it's more about showing up. Yeah. Like I show up every morning. Like I just promise myself I'm going to write every morning. And so I do. And then sometimes it's stupid. 
And then sometimes I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm proud of what I wrote. Right. I'm going to actually spend time and I'm going to edit it. Um, but it's, it's really fun. We should, uh, we should, we, because we say this all the time, but we don't. It's like, we should build this community thing yeah. that we're preaching. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, maybe Let's we should it. have dinner <laughs> sometimes. We should, it. we, bef- like years ago, we talked about doing a regular dinner yeah. gathering. Yeah. Thing yeah. where we can switch locations but yeah. yes invite people yeah because that, that would be so good like my family would love that yeah you know my kids would be stoked yeah noel and i need that like noel has a lot of friends she yeah. has a really good community like yeah a lot of badass ladies that are yeah. her friend. i have honestly very little community yeah. i have my friend patrick he's like my super homie mm-hmm. but we're completely opposites and every way like there's, we don't have any, a single thing in common other than we cook together. Right. Where did um, you guys work together at one point? Right. Yeah. We or, worked together okay. at Intel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, I made him my sous chef and he ended up taking over the executive chef job when I left. Gotcha. And he's one of my favorite people in the whole world. I fucking love him more than I could ever tell you, but he's the opposite of me. So I also want to fucking murder him all the time. <laughs> He's fucking annoying as fuck, but I love him. You know, it's yeah. like a super weird yeah. relationship. Yeah. We need uh, those friends though that are the opposite of us. To keep yeah, us we in do. Check. Yeah. He no. keeps, yeah, he does that pretty <laughs> well. Uh, I just like, I have, I have this idea that retirement, it shouldn't be about saving a bunch of money so we can pay for nurses to take care of us when we are chitting in our pants. Uh, but it should be that we invest in relationships with people today. So when we get old, we go, you know, like you're 90 and I'm 93 or whatever the age difference is. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, can you go get some diapers for me? And you're like, yeah, I'll get pick, you know, but next week can you yeah, get the, you know, like. Yeah, right. That's way better than being like, right. well, my kids abandoned me. Yeah. Um, because I'm no longer useful. And, right. and I'm in this old folks home or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. it's expensive as fuck, yep. you know, and yep. it's and just, just like drinking and sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. I know. So bad. Have you heard of the idea? Slow money, the organization. Uh, it's like slow no. food, but it's called slow money. And the, the whole idea is that community will come together. Communities will come together and they'll um, invest in local projects. So like a, a lot of small farms are involved in like these kind of grassroots projects and these these community members will come in and loan money at zero percent interest loan to these businesses in in small communities and then the idea being okay you're not going to get a ton of money back or maybe it's like really low interest you might get some money back right but you're investing in a community and so instead of just like you literally exactly what you were saying you instead of saving up your money so that you can like travel when you're retired or whatever you spend your money in your community while you have it. And then maybe you have to work a little bit longer, but you're doing something that you hopefully like to do and you are living in a community that's worth living in. And so it's the idea that you take your money out of like the stock market or whatever you're planning on putting it in for retirement. And then you put it in local organizations that are doing things that you want to live around. (laughs) It's like very basic, but it's weirdly mind blowing. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So much sense. Can you put that in the description? Yeah, I'll type this? it in the little, yeah. In the little <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny because 
I have this debate all the time and I'm super ignorant when it comes to investing and all that. I literally not like I've read two books. Yeah. Um, so I know nothing, uh, but I don't believe in it. I, I don't invest and I don't think that I would. And again, I'm super fucking ignorant. Yeah. So whatever yeah. I'm going to say is yeah. really dumb uh, or maybe dumb. Maybe it's genius. Yeah. Uh, fine line <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. know in 10 years we'll listen back to That's this and be like, like he, he, he was genius yeah. <laughs> uh, I think what's happening is that we assume that things will continue to be the same and so if that was the case then investing is a great idea right. I don't think that things are going to stay the same like I am pretty convinced that it's going to radically change right. you know And so when I think about putting money into this Roth IRA or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, and I can't touch it until I'm 65, that seems to me, in my reality, that seems kind of silly. It's like for me to believe that when I, when I turn 65 and 20-something years, 30 years, whatever, that everything's going to be the same and then I'm going to be tired and they're going to give me back yeah, my money. Plus, the, Yeah, like I just don't know. I don't understand how people can believe that that's the case. And... The only um, argument that I have for that point is that like, I do read a lot and I've read a lot of really, really interesting books about their, what they think is going to happen in the future. And it doesn't look anything like what it is today. You know, I think if you ask anyone, like, what do you think the world is going to be like in 20 years? Like, no one's going to give you an accurate description, you know? Right. Uh, so invest in money seems funny, you right. know? Um, Investing in your community seems to make perfect sense because your community can evolve into whatever you want it to be as long as you put your money in your community. Yeah. So exactly. that's like, it seems like a safe bet. If we're gambling in this money world, the stock market seems like really crazy to the me. The stock market is tied to gas, you know, yeah. and petroleum. And that's just obviously not the future yeah, <laughs> but i mean there are things that will gain value in the future we yeah. know like i do believe that local economies will continue to increase in value like that's mm -hmm. where investing money makes the most sense yeah. it's just it's it is something though that everyone needs to get on board like if we continue to think that the stock market is the way to go then it'll continue to flourish too Yeah, in whatever yeah, capacity, unless people sort of lose faith in that and start putting their money where it belongs, which is down yeah. the road. I you think know? more people are doing that. I do. I think people want to. I yeah. think people are hedging their bets yeah. and investing yeah. in both, maybe, and yeah. making sure that their you know their bases are covered. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think, I think we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Some people. I just I think of like if I had to choose between having $10 million in the bank or having friends to bring me soup when I get a cold, I'll take that. Right. The second, every time. Yeah. You know? Right. Because, yeah, I can buy a Lamborghini with a $10 million, but if I don't have a friend to write in my Lamborghini with, that's, long. that's really sad. Yeah, that's the worst Lamborghini you know? ride ever. Yeah. I work for a lot of super wealthy people, and what I see in them is that they're not any happier than me. Yeah. At all. Like, they... So I, ha I did this podcast with uh, Kenny James, and he's one of my favorite human beings in the okay. whole world. Um, he's the chef for Damian Lillard. I think they're cousins. Um, but this guy is like wisdom like you would not believe. Okay. This guy's fucking genius. And he's just an amazing human being. Uh, and the way he described it is he said, 
Rich people solved the money problem. But all the other problems are still problems for them. Sure. You know? So, like, we think that with money, we solve all the problems. No, no, no. We just, we only solve one. Mm. But we don't need millions of dollars to solve the money no. problem. We need... A comfortable... Uh, like a... hundred grand? I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's more than enough, right? You can travel twice There's, a year. I think there are literally studies that say, yeah. like, this is how much money you yeah. need to be happy. And then yeah. beyond that, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't increase your happiness. Yeah. yeah. So, like, hit that... Hit that number. Yeah. And first, like, it's true. I mean, being dirt poor is not, that's not the way to go, especially no. in our society. Like, you you need you need to be able to survive. But then past a certain point, no, you need friends. <laughs> yeah, we need you, community. Yeah. And I, I, we're talking about romanticizing stuff. I think romanticizing the past is super dangerous mm. when people are like, oh, back then when everybody had mm. to root their own veggies. Like, that's also dangerous because... I don't know. Like, it just doesn't paint the whole picture. But we should borrow from the things that we romanticize, you right. know? So it's not like, it's not the ideal past because there's no ideal present. But just borrowing little parts from the past to make the present better. So the idea of utilizing technology and, like, all the fucking cool shit that we have now, like cameras and microphones and the ability to yeah. broadcast this conversation all over the world, like, those are great things. Yeah. But we should not forget about the past, like growing tomatoes, like yeah, growing a couple of tomato plants in your balcony, you know, because right. those things are what actually reminds you of the act, the real reality, uh, which is the one that we all share, as opposed to the reality of like Wall Street, which is a reality that we share, but it's not real. Like if we really think about yeah, what it is, it doesn't really exist. Like it does, but it doesn't. Right. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little... Order. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I agree. I think we can take the good and we can leave the bad from history and learn from it, and we should never forget it. And um, but there is there is truth, and technology won't fix it all, but it's sure as all nice to have around to a certain degree. I mean, my tractor is nice. nice. <laughs> Better than a horse. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, horses. Sorry, but. horses, but I don't, I don't want a horse. Yeah. I'm not like yeah. my tractor is sixty-five horsepower. <laughs> yeah, you get sixty-five you know. horses. Yeah. Um, so, outside of farming, what do you like doing? What's your life like I, outside of your job? I, your outside of work, I read, I hike, I camp, and then I really prioritize and have actively been prioritizing visiting people that I love and making sure that I maintain relationships with people. I, for a while there, after I moved back home, I realized, um, that I, the money that I make, which is not substantial is best spent traveling to see the people that are meaningful to me. So whenever I have time, I'm usually moving somewhere to to be with friends i hope in some distant future that people will also find it valuable to visit me <laughs> there's this hilarious song that i love so much and one of the one of the verses is none of my city friends have visited me yet <laughs> and it feels like that like mm -hmm. out in the middle of nowhere and yeah. the, some some absolutely have um i had a birthday party last winter and so a lot of my friends came down and they were like whoa where are we but um 
they're not going to come to me. I'm going to go to them because I, I love like having, per, you know, interactions with these people that are so have been so meaningful in my life and meeting new people and traveling and having those experiences. And so that's where I like to spend my money if I have it. Mm-hmm. I like to travel. Lindsay's from um, New Orleans. New Orleans yeah. So we go there. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. It's a good place to go. Yeah. Very fun yeah. and very different. I used to go there often because I lived in Alabama. Yeah, so of course you did. Close. Yeah. Yeah, it's so fun. Weekend getaway. Yeah. Yeah. I like to travel. We're going to, my best friend from college is getting married in Croatia this summer. So somehow I have to, and she's been living in Serbia for, I think like four years now. And so I have to leave the farm for a week in August. Wow. I know. Weird. (laughs) Damn. So I got to train those people up. Yeah. yeah, Make sure that they handle it. That's crazy. Yeah. But I'm so excited because it's going to be just. It's on this little, it's in this little town where her um, partner's grandma lives. And it's just this little Croatian town where we're going to have a little love ceremony. And that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Eat fish and drink white wine. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I guess the simple things, you know, I like to travel. I like to read. I like to write. I like to hike. I like to cook. I like to cook. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's cool. Yeah. We should do some cooking. Okay. Yeah. We should do a cooking video. That would be so fun. I want to do like a CSA thing yeah. always. So like whatever I get from you, I just cook something out of that. Yeah. Um, and it'd be really cool. I know you're super busy, but it would take like two hours oh, or whatever. Yeah. You come yeah. over and then we just cook something here yeah. with the stuff that you grew. So fun. That'd be really sick. Yeah. Let's That'd do it. Cool. That'd be fun. I really, I think people, people like videos, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. People watch videos. I love videos. Right? Do you not watch? Do you I, not spend any time on that? I, so it's funny when, like, if Lindsay and I are going to, so we've been putting in our, we put in, we put in new flooring. Like, okay. so we put in hardwood floors and that's like been our project for the last few weeks. Okay. Yeah. And it's like almost done. But when we're like looking up how to, you know, do whatever, put a shim in or whatever, it's like, <laughs> I go and start reading manuals. And she goes to YouTube oh. and watches it. And so it's totally different. Oh. I'll like read instruction manuals if we get like a new appliance or something. I'm like, and she's like, <laughs> let's like Google some pictures. Yeah. So interesting. So wow. yeah, I like videos. I do. And I need them sometimes. But um, I also like to read yeah. that stuff. Like yeah. reading recipes, she yeah. won't do it. But she'll watch a video of like yeah. someone doing something. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm more like her, but I'm a, but I'm a, it's a pretty serious reader. Yeah, she reads too, but like. But I love videos. Yeah. I love it. I love YouTube. Like yeah. to me, YouTube is the greatest escape from reality, but yeah. it's also like the greatest university of all times. Like anything you want is there. Like it's it just true. completely, like, erases the need to go to school. In my opinion, yeah. Like you need you don't need to waste however many years you waste in school. You got YouTube. And you got like the best of the best teaching you everything. It's everything. And it's super entertaining and it's beautiful and it can also be a waste of time, but it's amazing. Like I learn shit on YouTube all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, it. I watch, I w- it's empowering is what it is. Like yeah. I, l- I was watching YouTube videos on how to put a backhoe on my tractor the other day yeah. and I like did it by myself and yeah. I was like, cool. I, that yeah. I would have, I don't know. That's yeah. just, that's so empowering. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I discovered a, a farming channel today. I think it's called No-Till Farming, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got it wrong. It's No-Till something. And Farmer Jesse 
And he's yeah. like, hi, this is Farmer Jesse. I'm going <laughs> to teach you about compost, you know? Uh-huh. And it's so good, you yeah. know? And yeah. it's like, wow, like we live in a time where like this dude that just loves farming picked up a phone or a camera, who knows? And then he's like, I'm going to teach people what I do because one of the beautiful things about podcasting or YouTube channel is that you really do create a community. Yeah. You know, because like Farmer Jesse, this guy. Yeah. How many people watch his videos? A lot. Yeah. And he gets comments and they're like, oh, thank you so much for, you know, helping me this. And then somebody else maybe is more knowledgeable and they're like, oh, try this. You know, I saw your video, but if you add the extra wood chips or whatever, then it gets more, less nitrogen, whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. Uh, And then you start to create this community, which is weird in a way because your community lives in your device. Uh, But it, but you feel it. If somebody leaves you a comment, like I'm the biggest fan of leaving positive comments. Like, I love it. Like I get high on doing that. Yeah. I'll leave a comment like, I love you, man. You're the best. You know? Uh, Or like, whatever, something like that. Like, I know that the person reading is going to feel good. And even though I'm not there to see them, but like, I know that throwing that positivity out there is really cool. Um, And then these people get a lot of that. There's also the trolls and the people that are going to talk shit, you know. Which, if you have a good sense of humor, they're amazing. Like, I love them too, you know? Because mm-hmm. most of the time they're comedians and they're just like, yeah. sometimes they're just idiots that are unhappy. But right. sometimes they're trying to be funny in a way that's like unusual. And I love that. Like, I do a lot of videos with Chef's Roll. Uh, and they're like these big company. And uh, so their videos are watched by like millions of people. Like insane numbers. And so you're going to find a bunch of negative uh, comments and they're the best like when i find those there's so much fun because <laughs> they're just like talking shit like they're trying to take me down and it's just so much fun you know and like i always respond? reply oh yeah, yeah. yeah but with love you know like of i course. don't engage in any type of, i always usually i just say like dude i love your comment like that was so good you know like <laughs> that was like such a good uh what do they call that like when you're like trying to destroy somebody uh, like a roast, you know, it's just yeah. like, like, oh, you stupid hair. You look like a need fucking whatever, you know, and I'm just like, ah, thanks for this. Like, this is great. Like one of my, actually a friend of mine, he's not like a friend, but he's somebody that I used to work with. And, uh, he, uh, made a comment in one of the videos that I posted and he's like, you know, if I was you, I would consider taking off that hat. You look stupid with it. You know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is the best. Like, it's so loving. Like to me, like yeah. insulting somebody is like respectful. It's the opposite of what people think an insult is. Like, okay. um, it can be both, you know, it depends on intention right. and all that. Yeah. But I choose to see it as like, they're pointing out something that you know, a flaw that I have in a way that it's funny. You know? Yeah. Right. And so I, I'm always happy. I'm like, oh, these, he thinks I look stupid with a hat. There's some truth to it, you know? <laughs> maybe i should think about this you know (laughs) it's funny that's funny i appreciate it i love i love good humor yeah yeah that's interesting i think i mean you can say like oh this is weird community we live inside of our devices or you can be like this is a new channel of communication that we've created and that's just a new way that we do it and let's and that's goes back to the thing you were saying where like oh, the past, it's always the best, the way yeah. that we've always done it. It's like, no, this is, we're reaching more people. Yeah. We're getting we're getting knowledge from Farmer Jesse who lives God knows where yeah. and you get to like learn about composting from him because yeah. your farmer down the road obviously doesn't make enough videos yeah. for you to learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it's like, that's just, that's a, a positive 
communication and yeah. discourse that we get in our modern age. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet. that's good. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I was super anti-social media forever because it's very destructive also. Absolutely. Uh, but it's really cool. Like what I try to do is I like try to pump positivity and then I just hit send and publish yeah. whatever. And then yeah. some people would like, right now it's really funny because anything that I do, like my mom watches it, my dad <laughs> yeah. and like my uncle and my aunt. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we love what you're doing. Yeah, like, yeah like, thanks. Oh. <laughs> my audience of like seven people <laughs> that have known me since I was born. Yeah, they're, yeah. But that's part of the beauty of this thing. It's like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, like this, this idea to have a, a podcast called Chef Therapy is came from my friend Patrick. Like one day I was like, I was like, oh, dude, like, I think I said, I don't need therapy. And he started laughing. He's like, dude, you need therapy more than anybody I've ever met <laughs> in my life. Like you're a fucking psychopath. And then we were talking about chefs and how they don't have, um, they don't have a community or sometimes they do. But like, I think ultimately the reason why people need therapy is because they don't have a community, mm. you know, because we're all like alone. Like we feel alone. Like in this country, we feel alone mm. a lot. Like I, I feel alone. I'll speak for myself um, because everyone's just after their goals. Like, you right. know, I got to pay off my debt and then I got to get a nicer car and a bigger house. And like, we forget that there's a we. Right. Uh, but so I was like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast called chef therapy i think it's a cool idea you know right. and so i started thinking about why would i do that like what is the point of doing something because i need to have like As in order should. for me to do something like yeah. i need to fully understand what it is that i'm doing and why i'm doing it yeah so tell us your mission statement fuck i haven't <laughs> thought about this but i think i think it is to somewhat create a community which doesn't make any sense um through listening to something but maybe it is to um to use a platform that hopefully eventually will be a real platform that promotes good things, you know? So like I always end the, my conversations with people saying like, how can I help you succeed? You know? And it's in hopes that my mom and my dad and my uncle and my aunt that listen to this will be inspired and they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to help this person. You know, if like I ask somebody like, how can I help you? And the person says, well, you know, buy some of my, you know, handmade baskets that I make, whatever, <laughs> you know, then, you know, yeah. somebody listening would got, be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to help. Like, like it really is there to try to help, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, there is also community building and just listening to people with that have, that are struggling in the same way that you're yeah. struggling or have a belief that you, that resonates with you or, I mean. Yeah, that's it's true. A, there's, there's community building and listening to other perspectives yeah. and feeling like you're not alone in that way. Yes. I mean, true. I know that podcasts for me, oftentimes I'm like, oh, I listen to them because I want to hear these, what these people have to say. And I yeah. think that I relate to them. Yeah. yeah. It's a different way of building community. Yeah. And it's modern. And it's weird. Yeah. It's our yeah. Life. But yeah. it's legit. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you got to have Lindsay on here. I do want to. Yeah. yeah She's I got know. a lot to say. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I just, I think, you know, this podcast is going to start with my community, like people in my community. Yeah. You know, like you guys are the people that I rely on for my well-being. Yeah. Um, and I want to put myself out there and say that anything you need, I'll, I'm there, you know. Um, 
So what can I do to support you? How can I make sure that you're successful? You're my biggest supporter, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> How can I be even more of a supporter? I think, um, I mean, you're just, I think the uh, supporting me and supporting you and supporting anyone in our community is just like, we're all, if you support anyone, <laughs> around here we're supporting each other you know and so it's like i and i urge ever and i think your question is probably like more of a how do we help you or how do you help like it's everyone it sounds so stupid but like by supporting your local businesses or even just getting to know the people that are running them you're helping the other guy down the road because like my hardware store is that's where I'm getting all my stuff and they're successful. If I'm successful, if my irrigation, I mean, I'm getting a new irrigation system because I'm got funding from the local, you know, grant down the road and they're paying me to pay the hardware store to pay whoever to like, I'm going to make produce. It's just like, if we all make that intentional effort together, then it's just, it's a no brainer. So I guess it's just, I, it sounds so stupid, but it's, it's really just come say hi come to the farmer's market, come get to know your local farmer, get to know your local chefs, get to know the people that are actually trying to change the way the community functions and localize it. Mm -hmm. That's resiliency, man. Mm -hmm. It's, it sounds stupid, but it's true. No, it doesn't sound stupid. I mean, it just sounds, it sounds um, trite. And it's like what every local farmer like, Come say hi at your local farmer's market. But it, honestly, once you make those personal connections, it's it's like you are th- you have no choice once you meet that person to like, mm-hmm. you're like, obviously I want a CSA from them. And like, obviously they're going to, you know, support my business too. And like buy my whatever I make. <laughs> I mean, I, that's, that's constantly what I'm thinking is like, how do I localize what I'm doing? How do I make mm-hmm. sure that I'm supporting the people around me? Mm-hmm. Cause they're all supporting me. That's how we survive. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> that's a good ending. Let's chat again soon. Okay. That was fun. Yeah. Okay. Bye, mom, dad, and uncle. <laughs> Bye, and guys. Thanks nice to meet listening. you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.